You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Hi, Praise Community Church. Thank you for joining me, and hopefully you are blessed and enjoying uh, this holiday weekend. I've got great news for you if you've not yet heard. We will be reconvening worship services here at Praise Community Church uh, next Sunday, May 31st. Uh, Again, at 9 o'clock here, we'll be doing just one service, so we just want to let you know that we're going to be back up and uh, offering worship uh, services here uh, at our location uh, here in Mason City. So uh, we hope that you're able uh, to join us. And I just want to kind of just uh, talk through a little bit about how things will operate, what things will look like as we kind of reconverge here uh, together. We met with the trustees and the elders uh, this past week and kind of talked about Uh, opening and what it would look like and the things that we would need to have in place to be able to open, to operate safely, to provide an environment where people felt it was safe uh, to come into and, you know, just kind of looking at all of the uh, dynamics of what it would take to create, you know, a a nice safe environment for people uh, to come back to. And so, We kind of described it as a lot of no's um, initially as we open back up. And by that, I mean there just are a lot of things that we have normally done in the past that we're just not going to be able to do initially as we kind of get things ramped back up and starting again. And so it's kind of a lot of no's. So, for example, there's going to be no praise cafe. Uh, there's not going to be, uh, there's no bus, um, no communion, no Sunday school, meaning there's no nursery, there's no preschool, there's no children's worship, there's no bulletin. Uh, we'll be removing uh, the pens and the information cards uh, from the backs of the seats. Um, so there's just a lot of things that we're going to be uh, taking uh, away initially and then kind of bringing those things gradually back in as we feel the situation warrants that. So we kind of just want you to be aware that while we are reconvening and restarting, there just are going to be things that are going to be different, uh, hopefully just for a little bit, and gradually we can kind of get things uh, moving back more and more to normal. Again, we want to just let you know that um, when it comes to face mask, um, again, if you are someone who uh, wears a face mask out in public, we certainly welcome you to do that here. Um, We are not requiring face masks and we will not be providing face masks. So if you intend on coming uh, here to be a part of the worship service uh, and you want a face mask, you'll need to bring your own from home as we won't have those available here. Again, we're just going to be encouraging a lot of the same things that businesses and uh, public gatherings um, have encouraged. And that again is just, you know, the washing of your hands. Uh, Obviously, we'll have, you know, 
all of that available in our bathrooms here. Uh, we'll have hand sanitizer uh, throughout the building. Um, so would encourage you, you know, to use a uh, hand sanitizer. Again, just a way to kind of help cut back on any spread of any uh, germs. Um, you'll notice when you go into the congregation, uh, we're going to have uh, certain areas, uh, chairs are going to be taped off. Uh, and all of this is designed to try to help with the social distancing. There will be uh, people there to kind of help you navigate that. We're not going to tell you where to sit, but we certainly want to let you know what uh, is open uh, for seating and to kind of just help people be able to kind of honor that social distancing. So um, we're going to, you know, do everything that we can to try to help uh, people kind of find uh, where they want to be seated and to be able to maintain that social distancing. Uh, also, we want to uh, um, just let you know that we're, we're not going to do any kind of self-policing. So we're kind of discouraging, you know, before or after services, you know, like a large congregating of people. Um, we just want to encourage uh, people to kind of come in uh, to the worship service, you know, be seated. And, and when the service is ended, you know, kind of to leave uh, the building and, and not do these large, uh, you know, gatherings of people initially, uh, just because, again, of the need to social distance. So we're not going to self-police that. So, you know, if that happens, um, we may, you know, kind of encourage people, um, but we're not going to try to police any of this um, because we just don't want people to feel uh, um, uncomfortable or to, or to feel uh, awkward uh, about that. But we want to, you know, again, try to just do our best to honor uh, the needs of people people to honor the needs of those in authority over us that really are cautioning and encouraging us to continue with the with the social uh, distancing. So that's kind of a little bit of what you can expect when you come back in uh, to the worship services on Sunday, May 31st. Uh, you can visit our website at uh, you know, www.praycc.org and again we'll have more uh, information in that and certainly don't be afraid to ask any questions uh, beforehand. You can call the office. Uh, you can certainly ask questions the morning of the worship service. Um, and again, we're just we're just trying to do our best to anticipate all of the needs. We're trying to do our best to honor uh, what the authorities are asking us to do in, in social gatherings. And we're really just trying to do everything that we can to create an atmosphere where we can kind of get back to uh, being together, worshiping together, fellowshipping together, uh, even with all of the restrictions that are still in place. Our hope is as the weeks go on, more and more of that will be relaxed. And then as we kind of are able to kind of feel out where our volunteers are at, uh, we'll be able to kind of bring back some of the things like, you know, the bus and the praise cafe, the nursery, and all of those things that we're used to having as a part of our Sunday mornings uh, together. So as we kind of get a feel for where things are at and where things are kind of moving, uh, we'll be able to kind of reintroduce those things. So again, we just appreciate your patience, your understanding um, in all of this. We're really trying to do the best to just meet a wide variety uh, of needs that people um, have in the midst of this
pandemic. So again, we just appreciate your prayers and I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to being able to look out uh, and see faces, to see people, and not just be always looking into uh, a, a camera. So again, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And again, we understand that there are those of you uh, who may see yourself at, at a very high risk. Um, you're part of that high risk population. And for you, uh, coming back on May 31st may not be wise. It may not be uh, what you uh, can do. And we understand that. And we're going to do everything that we can uh, to continue to bring the message uh, to you. It may not be a, a video message. It may just be audio. Uh, but just know that we are working on being able to kind of do a video um, as we uh, move forward in this. We are looking at what that would take, uh, the cost of that, and to really try to get where we can be doing the video podcast because we know that that is a little bit more meaningful uh, for those of you that maybe uh, are, are going to be uh, kind of still quarantined in your home. So just know that while we are back here, we are going to be working on ways to continue to offer uh, our services and what we're doing here um, through video as, as well. So we appreciate again that and we just appreciate your faithfulness and giving. Uh, you know, so many of you have continued uh, to give uh, by sending your tithes, your offerings to the church by mail. You've been dropping them off in the mail slot. You've been giving online and through all of that, we really have been able uh, to maintain uh, our, our financial uh, needs here at the church. And so again, we're just extremely grateful for your faithfulness um, in giving. This Today, I want to kind of just talk about a scripture verse that kind of came to mind as I was um, out hunting uh, this past Saturday. And I'll, I'll give you the scripture verse and, and then I'll kind of tell you a little bit about the situation that unfolded that kind of brought this scripture uh, to mind for me. And it comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it begins there in verse 1, and it says this, uh, and, and Paul is writing to Timothy, who Paul kind of describes as like a son. He and Timothy have kind of a father-son um, relationship. And, and Paul is saying to Timothy, he said, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Now again, we understand that when uh, Jesus was resurrected from the dead, that began the last days. So we have been in these last days, starting back when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and we continue now to be in these last days. And, and, and so even Paul, you know, over 2,000 years ago, as he's writing this letter to Timothy, refers to that time then as the last days, and we continue to be in the last days. And the last days will continue until Jesus comes again. So that's what Paul means by those last days. He says that in the last days, there will be very difficult times, and we've certainly experienced uh, difficult times lately. And he goes on in verse 2 and says, For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. 
They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure more than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And Paul concludes by saying, stay away from people like that. Now there, Paul's talking about a power there that they have kind of this form of religion, but they deny the very power that could make them godly. So there is a power, Paul is telling us, that can really take us from unrighteousness to righteous, that can take us from light to dark, that can take us from being unforgiven to be forgiven, to take us from death into life, uh, to take us from, again, uh, having a form of religion to bringing us into an intimate relationship with God. And I don't know about you, but I want that power. We need that power as believers. And that power that Paul is talking about there, that, that can take us from being ungodly to godly, from unrighteousness to righteousness, that power is the Holy Spirit. Now, I love one translation, uh, the, the New King James Version, kind of talks about having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And again, that's the same thought there, denying the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit to really transform and to change our lives. So this past Saturday, I was out turkey hunting. It's, it's turkey uh, hunting season. And I had been out hunting quite a bit during this season. And I really wasn't seeing a whole lot of toms. Those are male turkeys. And as a matter of fact, I hadn't really seen any. I hadn't heard any gobbling, which is really unusual because normally I'll at least hear or, or see off in the distance, you know, uh, gobbling toms. I'll hear them, uh, hear them on the roost early in the morning. And it just has been kind of a season where I wasn't hearing or seeing any of that. So this last Saturday was really going to be my last time to go out before the season ended. And I was going to a place uh, that usually has been, uh, you know, pretty well populated with, with tom turkeys. You know, I'll, I'll hear a lot of gobbling in the morning. I'll see a lot of uh, toms out and about. And so I was really hopeful, as this being my last opportunity to hunt, that I would at least be able to hear or see uh, some males, some tom turkeys. And so sure enough, uh, right as it was getting light, I could hear, you know, toms off in the, in the distant trees roosting and they're gobbling from the roost. And I was really getting excited because it was the first time the whole season that I'd really gotten to hear this. And so, you know, I'm calling to them, they're answering back, and, and that's usually a good sign. And, and so I'm really kind of getting excited about this because I think finally I'm, I'm going to see some, some action here. And so, you know, it wasn't very long after uh, they flew down from the roost that I really began to start seeing some turkey activity. I saw some hens out in the field. I saw a Jake, which is a younger male turkey, uh, out in the field. And it wasn't long that I had this one Tom, this one male turkey, 
come out into the field. First time I'd really gotten to see a Tom and, and he's, you know, gobbling and, and he's kind of, you know, doing everything a Tom Turkey uh, does during this season. Uh, he's, he's following uh, the, the, the hens. Um, and, and so it's just so fun to watch all of this happening. And so throughout the morning, I had this one particular Tom Turkey that kind of kept coming in and out of the field, and, he, and he's kind of following hens. Now, luckily, it's late enough in the season that a lot of the hens that he was following weren't really interested in him. They would come out into the field, they would kind of feed, and then they would leave the field. The tom would kind of follow them until they went back on the, the nest, and then the tom would kind of come back out onto the field. And I was kind of on the other side of the field, and I had my decoy set up. And I would be calling to him, but he would not show really much interest in uh, my decoy on the other side of the field because he had the real thing, the live hen, on the other side of the field. And so uh, all morning, I, I kind of just kept you know, trying to get this Tom to break away and to come down to where I am on the other side of the field. And so this went on you know, pretty much all morning. And so finally... Uh, probably after you know, several hours of this, um, he comes back out onto uh, the, the field where I'm hunting and you know, he starts strutting, uh, which is uh, you know, just awesome to watch. And you know, he's gobbling and I see a, another hen come into the field. And so, you know, again, she's feeding and, and he kind of just starts to make his way over towards her. And very quickly, uh, she's done feeding. She exits the field, you know, very clearly indicating to him, not interested. And so he kind of begins to go towards where she goes off of the field. And I called to him on, on a, a turkey collar. I, I called to him and he looks over at me. Uh, and again, he has showed interest, but no commitment. And so this time, as I kind of call to him, uh, the Tom kind of looks over at my decoy, and you can almost kind of see there's just this sense of him finally just kind of relenting and saying, oh, why not? And so he starts to come over toward me. And, and so he's, you know, just walking uh, ever closer, ever closer, ever closer. And he finally gets in range and I'm able to shoot and, and I get him. And so he's kind of down uh, in the field. So I'm, I'm so excited because this is the first morning that I've really actually even seen or heard a Tom Turkey and to be able to kind of work him and to call him and to get him to come down uh, to where I could shoot, it was just, it was really exciting. And I, I was really, you know, just uh, uh, super happy that I was able um, to, to do this. And so I'm just sitting there, you know, kind of just giving him a couple of minutes there. And, I, and I, so I go out into the field to, re, to retrieve this turkey. And the very first thing that I kind of notice as I go to pick him up is kind of how light he was. Um, he, he was a, a, you know, fairly, you know, two-year-old Tom, uh, you know, nice beard, spurs and everything. And, and I guess I just kind of expected him to be a little heavier. Um, but I didn't think too much of it. I just kind of made a mental note. Wow, he feels kind of light. So took him back to the blind. And so, you know, I'm pretty much done at that point. So I start packing things up and 
I'm, you know, making my way uh, to meet up with some other guys that I was hunting with. They were off hunting uh, in, a, in a different place. And so I'm waiting there and I'm kind of just looking at this Tom Turkey and again, just, you know, excited um, and just replaying all of this over in my head. And so the people that were uh, hunting with me um, came back, they're looking at this Tom Turkey and, you know, they're kind of just looking all over it and everything. And finally, one of them says, what did you do to this thing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they said, it's kind of like you kind of blew like this gaping hole in him. And I'm like, what? And I, I, we go to look at this turkey. And if you know anything about turkeys, they kind of have... Um, in, in the chest area where the breastbone, the breast meat is, they kind of have this, this um, it's just a fatty sack. It's just like a big sack of just fat. And it, it's kind of uh, their protection. Uh, it's for warmth in the winter. Um, and, and underneath the fat sack, again, is the breastbone. It's where the breast meat uh, on the turkey um, is. And this was completely gone. I mean, there was just this vacuous cavity inside this turkey. And as we got to looking at this, what we came to discover was this is, wasn't something I did. It was the condition of the turkey before I even shot it. And what we think happened was something happened to the turkey, obviously. We don't know if a coyote got it um, and, and ripped out this part of the turkey. We don't know if it was hit by a car. We don't know if somebody else shot it and, and, and this just kind of fell out. We don't know what happened to the turkey. All we know is that something happened to this turkey several days ago and it, it just left this vacuous cavity inside of this turkey. And there really was nothing left of the turkey. As a matter of fact, you could look in this cavity and you could see food that the turkey had eaten that morning. And so this turkey was not in the, the best of condition. Uh, it was probably starving and, and would have probably eventually starved to death. So by all means, I certainly did the turkey a favor but again, it was just kind of stunning. Um, and so the guys that I was hunting with, they were, uh, I mean, probably between the two of them, they've probably got, you know, 75 years hunting experience between the two of them. And, and they were just amazed. I mean, they've been turkey hunting their whole lives. And they were like, we have never ever seen anything like this. As a matter of fact, they were amazed the turkey was even alive. And so they're, they're like, you know, saying to me, there's no way that this turkey could have been strutting. I said, it was. Uh, this turkey was strutting. I watched this turkey strut. And they're like, well, there's no way this turkey could have gobbled with, with everything that it's missing. And I said, it gobbled. I, I heard it gobble multiple times. It gobbled. Uh, and again, they were just amazed that this turkey could do what it did and that it was even able to survive. And we normally kind of come up with names for uh, turkeys that were, that were hunting or turkeys that we shot. And so I kind of came up with the name for this turkey. I called this turkey Ripley. 
and I, and I base it off of the uh, show Ripley's Believe It or Not, because none of us could believe with the condition this turkey was in. I mean, missing all that it was missing in, this, in, in its cavity uh, to still be alive and to, to do all that a turkey does, we just could not believe uh, that this turkey was able um, to do that. And so, uh, again, it, it was, uh, as I, I kind of thought about that um, this week, it just reminded me of that scripture, having a form of, of religion or having a form of godliness, but denying the power that could actually lead us or cause us to be godly. And, and just as that turkey acted every bit as a turkey, you know, would act, you know, it strutted, um, you know, it gobbled. It had all of the outward appearances indicating there was nothing wrong with that turkey. He had this hollowed out, you know, cavity. He was missing a key part of himself. He, you know, he's starving, he's dying, and yet did not even seem to be aware of his condition. And it kind of got me to thinking, you know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, who have a form of religion. They act religious, they do religious things, they say religious things, but upon closer inspection, we find that there kind of is this hollowed out cavity inside of them. They're kind of missing a key part of what really could make them godly, and that is that power of the Holy Spirit that either they're resisting or they're denying. And, and it's that, that part of the Holy Spirit that leads us to repentance. It's that part of the Holy Spirit that, that causes us by faith to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's that part of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live righteous, godly lives. And, and again, they don't have that key power um, in them. They've got everything that makes it look like, you know, they're, they're godly religious people. They just don't have the power uh, for that transformation to really take place. They're, they're lost. You know, they're, they're dying. Uh, they're without God. And, and they either see, don't seem to be aware of it, or if they are, they don't care, or they just have become content uh, with who they are, where they are in life, and where they are in their relationship with God. And all the while they're hoping no one notices the gaping hole, the, the hypocrisy, the disconnect in their lives. And the Bible says, you know, really we're to avoid people like this. And I think one of the reasons the Bible would counsel us to avoid people like this is so that we're not tempted to become like them, content, you know, to have a form of religion or a form of godliness, but also denying the transforming, convicting, changing power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and without that, again, it, it's, we're, we're just, we're living dead lives. Um, and one of the reasons I, I bring this up is I think one of the good things for me that really has come out of this pandemic is it's really given me an opportunity to really 
kind of reevaluate my relationship with God. You know, what parts of my walk and relationship with God are really kind of forms of religion where maybe I kind of, you know, have, have denied or I have resisted, you know, that, that transforming, that empowering move of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, we, we've been not able to gather together um, for church. We've not been able to gather together for fellowship. We've not been able to be uh, together to encourage, um, you know, to, um, to edify, um, to bless one another. And so one of the key ways, you know, that, that we have to kind of fill that gap is in our own walk, in our own relationship with God. And I know for me, you know, these last, you know, couple of months, uh, really, I really have grown um, just in my walk, in my depth, in my relationship with God. And I don't say that as a, as a bragging uh, thing. I just say it as, as a reality that I knew um, I really needed to, uh, you know, just have that um honest introspection and, and begin to kind of look at, are there areas of my life where, you know, I've allowed, you know, maybe church or I've allowed other people um, or I've allowed other things that are happening uh, here at, at the church to kind of become you know, my mainstay of my walk and my relationship with God. And I just know for me, I, I really have spent a lot more time, you know, in, in being in the Word, you know, in, in praying and really strengthening myself uh, in the Lord and not um, having to depend on other people or other things to do that, but that I'm taking responsibility to do that um, for myself. Because again, I don't ever want to get to that place. And I would never want any of you to get to that place where we kind of just start settling for forms of religion and, and we start denying or resisting the very power uh, that really can lead uh, to transformation, to change, to empowering, to being able to do the things uh, that Jesus did. And not just to do the same thing, but to do the greater works uh, that he has uh, done. And, and so I just encourage you uh, to just take some time and, and, you know, just to do that, that introspection in your life and to ask yourself those questions. You know, allow God and invite him to examine your heart and your life and to ask him that question. God, are there areas in me where there is maybe kind of a hollow cavity, where I have, you know, settled for forms of religion. Um, maybe I have settled for just, you know, uh, um, empty, you know, rituals um, and, and have resisted or not allowed uh, the power of the Holy Spirit to really infiltrate, to fill, and to penetrate uh, those hollow places in me. And, and so that would be my prayer as, as we, you know, even gather together again, uh, that there would just be a freshness in each of us, um, that, that we would just be able to use church uh, to supplement what we're already doing in our walk and our relationship um, with, with the Father. And again, just inviting God to, to search us, uh, to know us, to seek you know, out in our hearts and our lives, if there are those 
vacant, hollow places, those religious spots that really just need to yield and to surrender uh, to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So next week, we're going we're gonna to convene uh, our worship services here at Praise, and I am so looking forward uh, to seeing you all again, to worshiping with you, to praying together, to fellowshipping together, to just encouraging uh, one another again uh, in our walk with the Lord. And, and so I just, I hope and pray uh, if you're able uh, to be here, uh, we look forward to seeing you. It, again, if you don't feel comfortable or feel ready, we completely understand. This is not an issue of your spirituality, uh, and no one will think less of you if you choose to maybe wait uh, a while before coming uh, back. We fully understand. Just know that we'll, we'll continue to be in prayer for you, and again, we look forward to that time when, just again, all these restrictions are removed, and we can kind of just go back to a sense of the way things were. And, and even if we can't, fully do that. We really, uh, we're, we're committed and we want to strive to being able to do as much of that um, as we possibly can. I want to just kind of close um, with just one last thing. Um, I don't know how many of you were uh, familiar with a, a gentleman by the name of, of Ravi Zacharias. And uh, Ravi Zacharias is a, a man who uh, is just brilliant. Um, he is a Christian, became a Christian probably about the age of 17, shortly after he tried to commit suicide. Thankfully, was not successful in doing that. And it was shortly after that that, that the Lord really just got a hold of him in a radical way. And, and he went on to become just a great apologist, a great, a very deep, committed man of God, a deep, deep thinker. Uh, he was someone who traveled the world um, giving... Um, talks on the nature, the character of God. He was someone that was willing to debate and to uh, talk with atheists, people uh, who were not um, Christians. Um, and, and he was very, very comfortable and, and understood what he believed, why he believed what he believed. And so he was really able to articulate the Christian faith, particularly on the issues of evil and suffering. And he could speak to those issues uh, with just a great deal of depth of knowledge, compassion. He just had a very winsome way about him. He was very non-confrontational, uh, and, and he really sought out unbelievers, skeptics, um, deniers. Uh, uh, he really wanted to try to be able to engage them and really try to impact uh, them and, and to address some of their concerns regarding Christianity. And so he had been doing this probably for almost 50 years, and he passed away uh, this past week. And again, it was, you know, just sad to see someone of his caliber of the, of the Christian faith uh, go. I, I've read numbers of his books. When we were in a seminary, we uh, were able to uh, have uh, Ravi Zacharias come and, and speak uh, at our seminary. I, I've watched him many, many times on the internet uh, and, and just a fascinating uh, man of God. And uh, so I just wanted just to share uh, something from him um, just as a way again to kind of honor and, and to just again 
let you know what a great uh, individual he was. If you ever get an opportunity to um, Google him, if you've never watched him, if you're not familiar with him, you can get online, you can read articles, he's got many books out, you can uh, see um, tapes of, of him uh, addressing, speaking to, uh, debating individuals, and again, it's just a very, very fascinating uh, man. And I, I pulled this quote from a book that um, he had written called Jesus Among Other Gods, The Absolute Claims of the Christian Message. And this is what he said, I came to Jesus because I did not know which way to turn. I remained with him because there is no other way I wish to turn. I came to Jesus longing for something I did not have. I remained with him because I have something I will not trade. I came to him as a stranger. I remain with him in the most intimate of friendships. I came to him unsure about the future. I remain with him certain of my destiny. I came amidst the thunderous cries of a culture that has 330 million deities. I remain with him knowing that truth cannot be all-inclusive. Let's pray. Father, again, we just thank you, Lord, that you desire to have an intimate relationship with us. The Father, it pains you. The Father, it just hurts your heart, God, when you see us settling for forms of religion, when we're just settling for forms of ritual, and God, where we're resisting or we're denying or we're just pushing away your Holy Spirit for whatever reasons, God. And Lord, we know it is your desire that you want your Spirit alive, active, powerful, and present in our lives. So Father, as you search our hearts, as you see us and you know us intimately. God, you see those areas, those hollow spots, those religious places, those ritual zones, where God, again, your desire is to press and to pour your Holy Spirit into those places. That God, in that, you can bring transformation. You can bring life. You can bring power to us. And so, Father, I pray that there would just be a searching a surrendering, a yielding, a giving of those places, those parts of us to you more fully. And so, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would just continue to fill us, to empower us, to lead us and to guide us both now and forevermore. And Father, we thank you for the power, the presence of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the love of Jesus we thank you for the grace and mercy of our Heavenly Father. And we pray you'll be with us uh, until we're together again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.